Bowl Pickums, the NIL, and my absolute failure as a human being. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation? Welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 55. We are anxiously awaiting the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl versus Georgia. And, dude, there's so much going on in the world of football right now between the NIL and recruits and me losing bets and everything's going on right now, man. And we got a ton to talk about tonight. So tell them what we have going on with this bet. All right. So those of you that have been listening, uh, we do prop bets every single week for the uh, during the season. We pick three things that may occur during the game. Just depends. It's not necessarily something that is a legit bet that you could find online. Sometimes we make stuff up. But needless to say, we usually agree on one side or the other. So those are the three we go with, and we keep a running total. And I'm not sure what the exact total was, but I know that you lost by at least three or four or more than that. So It was some to a lot less than some. It was. And it's almost become a comical thing because you've also been talking to me a lot about your parlay bets and how, oh, how confident we are that, you know, we're going to hit this, you know, big parlay for $3,500. And needless to say, like the first game happens and the parlay is dead already. So, oh, yeah. 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 So I said, I told him, dude, if he wants to win money, just go ahead and pick a parlay and then immediately pick opposite of everything you just did. Listen, and hold on a second. Let's play win. a game. I have 10 fingers and I'm holding up only two. Can you pick which ones they are? Um, it is the middle finger on both of them. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> or I thought it was going to be two thumbs pointing at me. Like it's this guy. It's yeah, it could be that. It could be that too. I know what you meant. So long story short, Chad sucks. He's not very good at, uh, at, at betting or probably or really anything in life, but yeah, <laughs> that's debatable, but yes. <laughs> so, uh, we finally came up with the four final things that Chad has to do. And we are going to turn this into a poll question and put it up on our Facebook page. And this will be the absolute deciding factor. Like even if we have like one vote, only one person votes, whatever it goes to. So the most votes win. So if you're listening, hold on, do I get a vote? Yeah, absolutely. You can get, get all a vote. vote. Do you yeah. get a vote? Yeah, absolutely. Damn. I, that, that means I guess we'll have at least two. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're we're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. So, at the end of the day, we're going to vote. I guess if there has to be a tiebreaker, I'll break the tie. But I don't I don't anticipate that happening. But anywho, uh, we're going to go ahead and do our reveal of Chad's four final options that you guys, our fans, our listeners, are actually going to decide on. The first one is that I get to change Chad's Facebook profile pick for an entire week of any pick of my choosing. The only rule is that I can't get him fired. So it will be somewhat in good taste, but that's about it. Uh, the second option is that Chad has to shave his head just like mine. Not one guard with with a you know a shaver. I'm talking Bic razor down to the scalp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our third option is Chad has to stand he you know he lives in a busier section of Columbus he has to stand on the corner of this busy intersection uh nearby where he lives and what I think we said for at least 20 minutes 
and holding a sign that says honk, I suck at betting. Yeah. Or something along like honk if you know more about college football than me. Some, yeah. Something like that. Something you know like I mean? that. And it's it try to make and it has to be on camera. So there has to be proof of all of this. And then the final option for anyone that is a TikTok person that has ever come across these challenges, the Sir Stroming Fish Challenge, it is apparently the stinkiest, nastiest smelling fish on the planet. And apparently these challenges on TikTok, if you've ever seen them, the second they open the can, they start dry heaving. And <laughs> needless to say, I'd say well less than half of them are ever even able to get a piece of the Sir Stroming Fish in their mouth but you know at all so chad would have to do that on camera and attempt to take a bite of the sir stroming fish so those are the four options so again please go over to our facebook page and be on the lookout for that poll it will be released uh within the next day or so and i want to know what you prefer what what do you prefer what is your preferred vote here you know i think i already know where you're going I already you know, know where you're going. I thought about the shaving the head one that I would really appreciate. It's the fish. It's the fish, dude, because I just I feel like I will laugh my ass off after seeing that because all of the videos that I have seen on TikTok of people trying to or attempting that for some reason is just so funny watching someone dry heave to no end trying to just get a piece of fish down. So Jesus. Uh, listen, I gave you the option when we discussed some of these that you were at least okay with. To eat a ghost pepper instead. And you chose the Sostroman fish over the ghost pepper. I so, have a leg up on the competition. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, I knew better, this girl in high school. You better hope you get COVID. Don't even finish <laughs> what you're getting ready to say. Because <laughs> I already know where you're going. <laughs> but you you better hope you get COVID and lose your sense of smell and taste. If you Dude, Even then, up- I don't think I'll be able to do it. Because in my head, I'll be like, I know it smells bad. And that will make me be dry. <laughs> First of all, let's say you have your wife videoing. She's going to have to video from at least 20 yards away and zoom in. Because if she's anywhere near where that's to, you're going to hear her dry heaving too. Oh, yeah. She's going to have to have nose plugs and something. So, (laughs) But anywho, it is not up to me or you. It is up to our listeners. So please be on the lookout for that poll. Please be gentle. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about these bowl picks, man. Yeah, so we're betting people, I guess, you know, and we always have something on the line. So we also, every year, we do a bowl pick them. Uh, we go through every single bowl, and we go ahead and pick uh, who we think is going to win outright. We're not worried about spread or nothing like that. It's just outright winner. And we both submit our picks, and at the end of the bowl season, whoever has correctly picked the most correct picks uh, gets a their dinner paid for them at Roosters, including several beverages. So yeah, we're going to get into uh, some of the bowls. We're not going to talk about every single one of them. I mean, not a lot of people are worried about the, the Idaho potato bowl or, you know, the Boca Raton bowl or whatever it may be, but some of the more interesting matchups and more popular matchups we're going to go and talk about. And I guess we can even say what our initial picks are. Uh, if you are interested in seeing all of our picks, we will post the pictures of, I think we did like a bowl sheet and highlighted our winners. We'll go ahead and post them on our Facebook so you can maybe contrast and compare and see what you think uh, uh, about our picks compared to what you would do. So where do you so, want to start with this thing, dude? Why don't you go ahead and pick? Um, you have your list in front of you, don't you? I do. Yeah, go ahead and kind of start going through them. And tell me the first one that kind of pops out to you you'd like to talk about. I mean, we're not going to spend a tremendous amount of time with these bulls, but we're going to at least, you know, talk about a few of them. 
I'd say the the first one that really sticks out to me uh, would be the uh, guaranteed rate bowl, Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. Okay, go ahead. Give me your initial thought on that. Um, I think it's an intriguing matchup. Um, I took Wisconsin. I think all around they're a tougher team. Um, but I really think that this game could go either way. Oklahoma's had some some you know middle tier success this year as well. Um, who'd you take in this game? I pick Wisconsin in this game. Uh, I think Oklahoma State's kind of fallen off from, after having a good start to the season. Uh, their defense is not very good this year. Um, I think they can get ran all over by Wisconsin. And if uh, Graham Mertz does not face a quality defense, he can actually be a pretty capable quarterback. Plus, I'm not entirely sure. Um, is Luke Fickle already going to be there, or is he sticking with Cincinnati till after the bowl? I, 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 I've not yet. heard anything, so I wasn't aware. But I almost kind of feel like this team maybe wants to start showing something to Luke Fickle. Because you best believe when Fickle walks in the door, you know, there's going to be some players that want to be able to show him something and start building some trust because he may come in and be like, listen, I don't care who's the starter last year. We're starting fresh. And I'm pretty sure these players are going to be motivated with a new coach coming in, especially a coach of his caliber. So I think Wisconsin all day in that one. Okay, go ahead and pick one out for me. All right. So next one, as I'm looking at is uh, the holiday bowl, Oregon in North Carolina. So my initial pick is Oregon. Um, I've went back and forth between this because I think this really is a, a coin flip type of game. Uh, you'd have to think uh, who is going to be more motivated to be there in this game. And I do think it is North Carolina, but I just cannot get past the fact that North Carolina doesn't have a great defense. And no matter how good um, uh, Drake May is, the North Carolina quarterback who had an amazing year, uh, it's really hard to overcome a poor defense, you know, no matter what kind of stats you're putting up. And I think Oregon is a better overall football team. So I have Oregon winning a close one in that matchup. I picked Oregon as well. Um, I just think, like I talked about earlier this year with this team, um, yeah, they made some mistakes and they fell short, but they're just a tough team, man. The times that I've watched them, they're grit. They're just tough. They hit hard. They play hard. Um, they give full effort. And and I think that in the end, they're just an overall better football team than North Carolina. So, you know, I don't really know that I have a score in my head that they'll pick that, you know, that'll happen here. But I'm definitely taking Oregon for the win. Okay. All right. Why don't you go and give me your next bowl that you're you're kind of seeing there? Okay. Um, intriguing wise, I would probably come down to uh, Florida State and Oklahoma here in the uh the cheese it bowl. Yes. I didn't really want to talk about Ole Miss and, and Texas Tech. That's not really that intriguing to me. But yeah, Florida or but uh Florida State and Oklahoma in the Cheese It Bowl, man. I took Florida State in this game. <sighs> Florida State. I think yeah. that they are getting better. Um I have a little bit of faith in them. I think that they can hang with Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma's that good at all. Um and I, I went ahead and took Florida State in this game. Do you know if this is the first time Florida State's been in a bowl in a few years? God, I'm man. Not, I'm not even sure they've been bowl eligible for the last handful of years. So I, I'd have to feel like with the the program now starting to trend up, that there's going to be a lot of motivation. Because, I mean, honestly, you're going to hear me say that a lot, but for these lesser bowl games, doesn't it come down to that? You know, I think it's a reason why, you know, a few years ago, if you remember, you saw Cincinnati almost beat Georgia. Uh, you've seen some other kind of crazy, um, you know, results happen in games you didn't expect. But it comes down to motivation in those games. Because if you remember, Georgia didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, how much did they really want to be in that New Year's Six Bowl without being in the playoff? 
Yeah. Um, I understand we're not talking about the main bowls yet, but still, I think motivation has a lot to do with it. And Oklahoma just did not look good at all this year. So I'm actually surprised Oklahoma got that kind of matchup. So I, I think it's going to be Florida State probably more in a runaway that game. Okay. Give me one. All right. Alamo Bowl. Let's go right to it. Texas against Washington. And I think this is going to be a sneaky one of the better games of the entire bowl season, in my opinion. Uh, you have a Texas team that I think is super capable. Uh, they've been inconsistent this year, but uh, they're still a ranked team. You have Quinn Ewers. You have Bijan Robinson. I'm not sure if he's opted out or not or if he's playing. Uh, I've not heard, but um, that offense, can, if they can click, that that offense can move the ball. But talk about moving the ball. Talk about Washington and what Michael Penix has done in Washington this year. A two-loss team. I think they're almost a top-10 team. Uh, they've looked super impressive. And I think this is a game that could be kind of a shootout style game. And uh, what better place to have that in the Alamo Bowl? So uh, I'm going to go. My gut feeling was Texas. You know, I guess if more if I was a betting person, I would probably favor more Washington. But for some reason, my gut told me Texas. So I stuck with Texas. Yeah, I went Texas. You know that I'm a, a Texas, I guess, believer. Lover. At this point, don't you say it. <laughs> <laughs> in front of in front of everyone, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> um, it's no secret that I've been kind of on the the Texas train here a little bit. As far as I just think that they're they're headed back in the right direction as far as their football program is concerned. Um, I think Washington is a great football team. I really do. I just think that Texas is a little bit too much for them, and I think Quinn Ewers um is is looking for a time to shine, and I think this is going to be it. So I'm going to take Texas in that game. All right, good pick. So far, I think we've picked the same on all of these so far, haven't we? Pretty much, but I, you know, you kind of figure that till you get into the real. Well, I think some of those lesser ones too. I mean, a lot of those are a coin flip, and we probably differ on a lot of those other ones that we're not going to really discuss on the podcast. But um, right. again, if you want to see all these picks, they will be on the Facebook page. Uh, why don't you give me the next bowl that you're kind of seeing that you know sparks your interest? So, what I think is going to be one of the best games of the bowl season here. Um, I'm going to skip on down to Notre Dame and South Carolina um, in the uh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I think this is going to be a great matchup, man. Two teams kind of trying to find themselves a little bit. Uh, Notre Dame started up real rocky this year, and South Carolina played really hard down the stretch. So I can see this game going either way, to be honest with you. Um, Just based on the fact that I feel like Notre Dame hasn't fully hit their ceiling this year all the way, I think they're capable of a little bit more than they have. I went ahead and took Notre Dame in this game. But to be honest with you, if South Carolina won, I would not be shocked. Yeah, so I agree. I mean, South Carolina um, took down some monsters there at the end of the season. I mean, they blow out Tennessee and then turn around and beat Clemson. Um, I can't remember his name, but, you know, the Oklahoma transfer quarterback. Um, he hasn't done much all season, but out of nowhere, he all of a sudden looks like a stud quarterback the last handful of games. Uh, South Carolina it can be a sneaky team next year. And this is a team that has definitely gained momentum, and they show that they're capable uh, of beating better opponents. I almost feel like South Carolina has been playing up when they play better opponents. Um, Notre Dame has – they righted the ship halfway through the season and then kind of sputtered again a little bit when they played South uh, – I'm sorry, Southern Cal. But a lot of teams kind of did that this year. But I still think they played a respectable game, and they, they still lost by what? I don't know. 11 points, you know, double digit loss, but 
you know, it, it's another one where that was so close that I, I go with my gut instead of my head because I feel like my head's always wrong when I try to pick these and be too analytical. So I stuck with Notre Dame in a close one as well. Okay. Give me the next one. I, I think I know where you're headed. Tennessee Clemson. Yep. I picked it that is one. the Capital One Orange Bowl. And this is on the eve of the college football playoffs. So right before the day before that, uh, you have a very interesting matchup. Now, I th- I think it's a little diluted since we're not going to be getting a Hendon Hooker uh, starting quarterback with Tennessee. But still, uh, what Tennessee's done this year, the fact that they started, they're actually, fun fact, they're only the second team now ever to start uh, the CFP rankings number one when they first started and to not get in the top four. The other one was Mississippi State in 2014. So SEC schools have done it twice. That's all I'm saying. Wow. But uh, Clemson also, you know, has not really shown much either this year. You know, they, uh, a lot of people were not high on them, even when they were unbeaten, even after one loss. And their starting quarterback, or at least the one that used to be, is already in the transfer portal. So you're going to be coming into this game with two still really good teams, but two question marks at quarterback. I think Clemson's a little more solidified. I believe believe it's Cade Klubnick. And a lot of people are thinking he's a better quarterback than DJ Uyunglele. Uh, Say that three times fast. but Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Tennessee, I couldn't even tell you who the backup is, um, but I'd have to expect that both these teams with this style of matchup is going to be playing this game for some pride. So I feel like both teams are going to play pretty hard in here, but gut instinct, uh, I'm going to go more with Clemson just because I feel like their backup has played more and kind of almost stole that jo- that job from DJ by the end of the season. So I'm going Clemson. I took Clemson as well. Um, it's just more that I believe in a balanced team i think clemson is more of a balanced team than tennessee is um while they've had sparks of offense this year that have just been unmatched to a certain point um that's all they are and if that's not in full swing then they're just really not any good and they've been exposed several times this year i think clemson you know isn't a great team but i think they're a more rounded and better team than tennessee so i think that you know in the end that always wins out in my mind you know we talked about it before you know, no team without a defense has ever won a national championship. Well, that's kind of the same the same uh, mantra I'm using here. So I, I took Clemson. Okay. So um, I know it's your pick for the bowl, but before you pick, we'd be remiss because I know you're not going to pick it. We at least got to mention the Music City Bowl for Iowa and Kentucky because in case my wife happens to listen to the episode, I want to get some some credit here. So I picked Iowa to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> Great punchline, dude. Here I am rolling my eyes thinking, God, here we are talking about freaking Kentucky football again. And then you just no, she doesn't slam listen. her right in the dirt. She doesn't listen. <laughs> I'll be honest. I just picked Iowa just, just for fun. Just for literally fun. just for fun. Um, I think Kentucky would win that game, but I, I literally picked Iowa. So um, I don't really want to talk hate much relationship. about that game. I don't, want, I don't hate Kentucky. I really don't. Um, I just did it just to be fun. No, I mean, there's a lot of, oh yeah, (laughs) she's not listening to this anyways. Let's be honest. Oh, dude, I took Kentucky. Yeah, I did. Uh, that's, that's a good pick. That's probably the right pick, but I just thought that was funny. All right, go ahead. Give me your next matchup that you're, that kind of sparked your interest. Uh, Alabama K-State really doesn't spark it. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and head to the big boys here, man. 
Um, wow, I'm you're going to skip save... Alabama, K State. Yeah. Really? Oh, that's, that's Alabama Sugar Bowl. all day. Oh, it's all day. Alabama. All right. Day. Yeah. It's not uh, even... I'll, stick Alabama. I'll go Alabama too. And we won't <laughs> discuss that. So I'm going to stay out of the CFP until the last part here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and skip down here um, to what I think is the one of the most probably talked about ones so far. And that is uh, Utah and Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Dude, I think this is a battle of the Titans right here, bud. Penn State is on the the upswing. Man, God only knows what they're going to bring next year to the Big Ten. But and we watched Utah the other night, and you know they can bring it too, man. And they're they're just both of these are great teams. I could see this game going either way. I'm um, based on the fact that I really like. I'm a huge Cameron Rising fan. After the other night, um, I'm going to take Utah on this win. But to be honest, man, you know once again this is one of those games I can see going either way. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the better matchups of the entire bowl season. Um, People that really haven't watched Penn State don't know how good they really were. They didn't start out the season as hot, but they were a young team. And they have two really good running backs. Uh, I know they still have Sean Clifford back there, who I'd give him just an average quarterback. But the one thing I can give him credit for, he's that gamer-style quarterback that me and you do enjoy watching, that we respect that, that style of play. And he does have that capability. So um, you, you, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch both those quarterbacks uh, play that game, in my opinion. I agree. Um, I'm actually really excited for that game. Yeah, that's one I will definitely take take the time. Now, the interesting thing is that that game is on January 2nd. If, it, if I'm not mistaken, that game has always been on New Year's Day. I'm, pr- but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And it's always been New Year's Day, and for some weird reason, it's on January 2nd this year, and that's a Monday. I know that, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on with the CFP and the Rose Bowl and concessions that each side had to make in order to make this thing work with their agreement. I'm not sure what all that entailed and if this is a a, a product of that or not, but I think you're right. I think yeah, it always was, was on this, New Year's Day. This was already set in stone, though, before they probably, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know, but I'm surprised by that. But anywho... I went with my gut and I went with Penn State. Uh, I definitely, I guess if I had a rooting matter, I'm not some Big Ten homer like the SEC guys are. I'm not going to intentionally root for a Big Ten team just because they're in a Big Ten. Um, You know, when I see a matchup, I would go with the team that I really would enjoy watching to see win. And I think if it were me personally, I probably would want to see Utah win. I mean, we beat them in last year in the Rose Bowl. They did us a favor this year, got us in the CFP. The least that we could do for them is let them win the Rose Bowl this year. But I have a gut feeling that Penn State's going to pull that one out in a close one. So uh, we differ on a couple there down the way. Yeah. Um, One that you skipped that I'd at least like to get your take on is the Cotton Bowl. Tulane, USC. So Tulane is your... Because Tulane is your top group of five team this year, so they get the New Year's Six bid, and you have a USC team that is not going to have Caleb Williams playing. Oh, dude, I still think USC, just talent alone. It's Caleb Williams made USC this year. Without Caleb Williams, that is a four-loss team. Uh, yeah, but you and put Tulane think, in a real conference, and they're a four-loss team too. You also got to think motivation factor. That group of five, every time they've been in a New Year's Six Bowl, has played well. Um, UCF did it for years. Boise State did it for years. Um, Cincinnati did it a couple years ago. I think Tulane's going to beat USC, and that's that's my pick. No. I'm taking USC. 
I think um, even if USC picks a random guy out of the stands um, who just finishes eighth beer and puts a helmet on, they still beat Tulane. Okay. Well, we, we know who ends up looking like the moron when it comes to betting around here. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Dude, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. I don't look like anything. I am a moron. It's not about looking like it. Okay. <laughs> this is who I you, am. You believe, you believe it so much now that you actually talk it into existence. Like it's yeah, a guarantee. 100%. 100%. Um, All right. So, again, guys, uh, we're not going to go through any more of these matchups uh, besides the CFP. So, yeah. Uh, I know we skipped around. So, let's yeah. start. Yeah, I almost jumped ahead and forgot all about our CFP. <laughs> TCU, Michigan. Uh, go for it. I want to hear what you say first because I, I have a feeling I know where you're going. Okay. So, there is a part of me that wants Michigan to win in case we win. Because that could set up possibly the greatest freaking college football game in history. And that that fact is not lost on me at all. Um, but to be totally honest with you, man, I think TCU is a better football team. I do. I think that uh I think that their offense is gonna be a little bit more than Michigan can handle. I really don't think Michigan is really that great. I mean, the only test they had against was, you know, was us, and we, we played like absolute dog shit. So therefore, we lost. But my point is, if we even have a decent day, we win that football game. So I, I just don't see them being able to hang with TCU. Um, I'm taking TCU to move on. Yeah, I picked. Uh, I picked Michigan. And where's that you jersey? Know, at? TCU, you remember that jersey? Did you well, keep is it? it? My, is it my turn to wear it now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picking them because I want them to win, but it is the same token that I guessed halfway i'm i'm hoping so but you know it would not hurt me in the least in the least even if we end up beating georgia it would not hurt me in the least to not have to go back up up against them again would it make for a great storyline in some of the best television in the history of college football absolutely it's all i want but you know there's a lot of things that have to line up for that really to happen in my opinion but uh you know i i don't think tcu has played against enough top-tier teams. And the best team they played all season was Kansas State. And the first time, even though they beat them, they were still trailing by quite a bit uh, in the first part. And then they lost to them the second time. And I think Michigan's a lot better team than Kansas State. So I think TCU's going to have their hands full with them. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game up until the end. Um, And I have Michigan probably pulling out maybe a touchdown to 10-point win in that game. I mean, I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? That's the joy of college football. Okay, Davis, let's do it. You know what time it is. So, the Peach Bowl. Now, I like like Chick-fil-A and I like peaches. Yeah, I like Chick-fil-A. I'm not a a peach fan, but I I will be for this game if that's what it takes. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go in great depth with this matchup in probably the next couple of weeks. So, I'm not going to overdo it. Um, I am at least going to simply say this. We have to play like we did against Wisconsin and those teams in the first half of the season. We can't play like we did in the second half of the season. I'm going to go more on hope that we do play to our capability and our ceiling, which I believe can be high, rather than go with what my eyes have actually seen over the last half of the season. It's more of a hopeful bet, but I am picking the Buckeyes to pull this out. Yeah, um, I went with you as well, and you know that I wrestled with this. 
uh, for a couple of weeks we've been talking about it. And then I was like, man, could this be the first time ever on the podcast that I don't pick the Buckeyes to win a game? Um, and then I thought about just everything. And there was this like there was this little moment where I thought about kind of what you said, where it's like, you know, this has like a similar feel, you know, to when we beat Alabama and, and you know, went on to win a national title. Um, and that just everybody thinks it's impossible. And that's always when it is possible. So I went with my Buckeyes, man, probably against my better judgment. So um, but I did go with my Buckeyes in a win. And like like David said, we'll get into that more as we get closer to the game. But, uh, you know, I feel like adversity helps to build character. And if there's one thing that we lacked in the second half of that season is character on this team. Uh, that could be through motivation, through uh, leadership, through execution, through um, just being smart, not making idiotic mistakes and plays. I've, I, we could go one of two ways. We could continue to do the same thing and crumble like we did, or we could use this adversity to motivate this team beyond belief. And I'm hoping every day that the coaching staff is making that happen. Um, Mich- or I'm sorry, uh, Georgia. So you love not- them so much, you want to talk about them. We're not even talking about that game. Sorry, I threw up in my mouth and that, that sound <laughs> just came out. <laughs> but Georgia has not really gone through any adversity this year. I mean, I can't recall them having to do with any major injuries with key players. Um, besides, I think recently they have uh, one of their wide receivers or maybe a tight end that's a little banged up. But, you know, they haven't had to go through any major adversity um, they haven't really been in any real tight nervy games with the exception of maybe, you know, the Missouri game closer to the beginning of the year. Uh, they just, they, I don't think they've been through anything to toughen them up. Now, do I really think they need to get tougher? Not necessarily, but you know, there is still some complacency or overconfidence that can come up to bite them in the ass. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. But if you take the two situations coming into that game, um, I think this is going to help give us an edge because I don't know about you, but all I'm hearing is how badly Georgia is going to beat Ohio State this year, how much this isn't even going to. I mean, I even listened to ESPN radio the other day, and the term that was used is that I'm afraid this game's not even going to be competitive. So I just, you know, I hope they're taking all this in. And I really hope that somehow deep down we can find what it takes to pull this out. But I don't want to go any further because that's for another episode. He's like, I don't want to go any farther, even though I just gave you a seven minute synopsis. I do not want to take this any farther. (laughs) Sound like my wife now. What she wanted. She said it was seven and you only gave her three and a half. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean. I guess Sometimes yeah. You put it on the T, dude, and I just, you know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with that information? <laughs> I guess you we can't just, give me measurements. I guess we just lost half our population of listeners <laughs> due to say, that. You can't give me measurements and expect me not to do that. <laughs> it was a time measurement, Chad. <laughs> a time measurement. But listen, dude, I cannot fault you because had the roles been reversed, I'd have done the same damn thing. Exactly. So. All right, moving on. Yeah. So, man, I want to talk about the NIL. And what led into this, I, I want to, you know, preface that a little bit, is that Ohio State posted this thing on ABC6 News here in Columbus asking the public for help to donate uh, to the NIL program because, you know, they're, they're getting donors around the city. You know, I know uh, around here there's a lot of businesses that kick in money. 
Um, Reichert Ford is huge here for helping out with NIL. Um, I know Homage is in on the NIL. There's a lot of lot of companies, but Sean anyhow, Staines, yeah, Ryan Shot. But you know, the thing is, that's still not enough, and they need more. And to be honest with you, as soon as I read the article, and it's not their fault. Okay, I I know what they're trying to do because there's a lot behind the financials at Ohio State that aren't just football. Everybody's like, oh, why do they need this money? Why do they, you know, but you know, Ohio State football pays for everything else. You got to remember that. Okay, so it's not like we can just, you know, I, I, we are making money. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of that money goes to other sports. We have like thirty some varsity sports at Ohio State. Okay, so those all have to get paid for. They're not making money. But my point is this, dude. When they asked me for money, I was instantly pissed off. Like almost instantly pissed off because, you know, I'm thinking this is exactly what I was talking about when I when I didn't want this to happen. And I'm not talking about the players not getting paid. I'm not talking about, you know, the transfer portal, all that stuff. I'm talking about the fact that we rolled an idea out that the players need to get paid for their name, image and likeness, which I was cool with. But we rolled it out with no game plan at all. No freaking stipulations, no governing. And you know, just as what there was loopholes in the system when we had it in place for several years. So when you roll something like this out blindly like this, you know this stuff's going to happen, man, and it's happening. The combination of the transfer portal and an unmanaged NIL dude is causing chaos in college football. That's just kind of where I'm at with it, man. I'm going to let you get a couple thoughts in before I go off. Go on. Uh, I don't completely disagree with you. I, I do feel a little bit not upset, but like taken aback, like, you know, we're the fans, we're, we're the ones that are keeping Ohio State football afloat in regards to all of the money they bring in from us buying merchandise and going to games and concessions and whatnot. So I understand that part because we're already forking out a lot and it's not cheap. And then to turn around and do that. But in the same token, it's kind of like, well, if this is the boat we're in, then if you choose to not to donate and try at least do your part to some extent, then you're not allowed to sit there and complain when we lose recruits. Uh, I put it in the same boat. Like if you're not going to vote for who's president, then don't even sit there and complain about who the president is, whatever, whether you feel like your voice mattered or you feel like your donation mattered, at least if you're making an effort, then I feel like you should be able to have valid input that, um, that should be heard. But you know, I get it from your standpoint. Here's the main issue and the reason why Ohio State is doing what they're doing with the NIL. And you have a lot of these teams, and it's mainly pointed at the SEC because the SEC is doing this. Uh, the NCAA has set almost zero regulations for the NIL, which has created, uh, everyone likes to call it the wild, wild west. Everything is just completely unregulated and you're having a handful of SEC teams where the schools or the athletic department or someone more directly related with the school is having a lot more direct relationship with NIL. And Ohio State has chosen to completely stay away from that and have it be simply outsourced and not have any involvement. Well, in doing so, they're not able to use their resources or any finances or anything, which means our NIL is going to be worse than the SEC teams. Uh, what the SEC teams are currently doing, and it's not just them, there's other teams that are doing this. Whether we think it is right or not, currently is not illegal, is not a violation. So that begs the question, why aren't we doing it? Why are we not doing the same thing they're doing? 
And I think that's probably a more important question to ask. I have a few ideas, but let me let me run that through you. Why do you think something like that is happening? I don't know why it's happening, but I know why we're not doing it. Well, right. I guess that's what I mean. Why are we not doing it? Because who the athletic director is. Gene Smith, dude, I hate him. You know that. I've hated him for years. I feel like he has been the downfall of this football program on many occasions, and he has made many great guys that have come through here look like a complete asshole on their way out the door, um, you know, when he should have been on his way out the door. And there's no secret that I believe that. I've, I've never hid that. I just think that Gene just doesn't do what he's got to do to stay in front of the eight ball. He always wants to be behind it. He always wants to be behind the eight ball, not in front of it. And you know what? That, that That's fine. I get it. But my point is this, man. The whole mantra about, oh, well, we don't need to do that. We're Ohio State. Okay? And we don't need to do that. We're Alabama. So we, so we can operate in a different way than the rest of the world is. If it becomes all about money, if this stays all about money, it won't matter what the name is on the jersey. It'll be who has the biggest paycheck. Because you know what? If tomorrow Rutgers comes out, and some wealthy booster who's a billionaire this says, you know what, dude, I'm going to give you guys $250 million in a budget this year. And they go out and they pay Urban Meyer $20 million to come coach it. And they start playing the top recruits in the country a couple million apiece to come at that school. Guess what? They're going to kick our and Alabama's And the name on the jersey won't matter. And I'm afraid that that's where we're headed, dude. The prestige and everything that we've built in college football to get to this point the fact that Alabama's been a dynasty for years, the fact that Ohio State is a traditional program, Michigan's a traditional program, all these programs, dude, that's not going to matter. Money takes away all that in the end. They've got to put something in place, dude, to control this. When it all happened, I thought it was going to be simple. Kids want to get paid. They want to make money while they're in college. I get that, dude, and I'm not upset about that. They want to get a freaking new Beamer from the from the dealership in town because they're the starting quarterback. Cool. I don't care. But when you got kids signing million dollar deals and 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 then entering a transfer portal and going other places, dude, it, it's out of hand. It's way out of hand. You do not need two point five million dollars while you're in college playing the game. I just don't believe that it is. It is completely tarnished the sport. And what's going to happen is, you know, a lot of these schools that don't come up with that money, your middle tier teams. They're going to be completely irrelevant. It's going to be all the giants that want to come out of pocket for money and and then everybody else. That's what it's going to be. And, dude, I just think it's a sad state of affairs. I really do. Yeah. Um, so co- circling back to the first initial part of that, uh, why do I think Ohio State is not kind of getting down and dirty the same way the SEC schools or some other schools are? And I feel like – Either there's some talk in the water that these regulations are going to change and they want to get out in front of it, or maybe they're paranoid about some sort of infraction or violation. Because let's be honest, it's no secret that Ohio State is always under the microscope. And we could have one player do something tiny and it gets blown out of proportion, and these other schools get away with the same crap. Um, I mean, you remember Chase Young getting in trouble and having to sit out simply because he borrowed money from his uncle or someone in his family to fly his girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl to watch him play. I mean, isn't that bull crap? Like how much under the microscope that Ohio State constantly always is. So I feel like that might be part of it. But, you know, currently, if everyone else is able to do this and it is not currently illegal or a violation, why not at least try to level the playing field and do the same? Now, on the other token, uh, 
I want to say this, that I, I feel like everyone's panicking, like, oh, if we don't have as much money as school B or C, then we're automatically going to lose out on a, on a recruit. And that's simply not true. Um, you still have to build relationships with these kids. You still have to be a program that has proven year in and year out to develop talent and get you into the NFL and potentially high picks in the NFL. And Ohio State is and will continue to be that type of program. Yeah, so but it's that not doesn't always matter gonna, anymore now. It does matter. It, it doesn't absolutely because the does CFP matter. Expanded. Listen, no, it does All these matter. kids are playing on national television, dude. It doesn't matter. You know what? P- take take the uh take the top 10 or 15 quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Tell me where they all play college. You can't. You have no idea. They're going to get exposed, dude. It doesn't matter where they play anymore. Those days are over with. You don't have it, to go to a top tier school to get It certainly does NFL. matter where you play. Now, yes, are there a few kids that are diamonds in the rough that can play almost anywhere? Yes, but it still matters getting developed and coached at quality schools that have proven year in and year out to produce that kind of talent. That still matters to kids. The generations too. have changed though, dude. They don't care about that. Dude, you they could okay, money. you could sit there and bribe a kid all you want to with NIL money. First of all, we know that half, and you admit to this, half of those NIL bribes are full of crap. The kid's gonna show up on campus and realize, hey, that big bag of money or whatever they swooned them into coming on campus is just not true, which is gonna lead to a transfer. Well, I mean, yeah, but how many of these case kids, in point Davis? Texas AM? How many of these kids, and you know what I'm talking about, are coming from a really bad situation? And, you know, if you got a chance to make $200,000 at Ohio State, but but maybe a better coaching situation, and you got a chance to make half a million dollars at Alabama, or, or, sorry, half a million dollars at Mississippi State, let's say, and, you know, your parents are barely eating, they're barely making by, and they're going to take care of you, you're telling me you're not taking that as a kid, as a young, mature, I mean, immature sure. kid? I, I, Hell I yeah, you are. I understand that, but you're talking maybe a little bit more of extreme. That's not probably not a common, like, you know, more of the consistent thing. I think it's more common than you think, man. I'm, I'm not saying it's not, but I don't think it's like, you know, you assume everyone's in that role. Uh, but here's where I'm at, dude. You, these coaches understand this stuff. And I mean, first of all, look at Brian Hartline. Okay. I can even bring a case in point. He just yesterday or today, I think it was yesterday, uh, got a commitment in the 2024 class for the number two player in the, in the entire, uh, recruiting class. And he is a five-star wide receiver out of California, I believe. Can't names, names lost me there for a second. And he's the number two player behind Dylan, uh, from, uh, Arizona. And if our NIL is so horrible, why are these players still coming to Ohio State, the top two? Now, that's assuming we hold on to them for the next 12 months. But why are we still getting these commits if we apparently don't have the money? Do because you not sit not there, there yet? It's not there yet. Well, the money We're not talking is about right now. going to do better with NIL. But listen, I'm, not every kid is going to be completely sold on that. And sure, a difference of $300,000 or a half a quarter of a million, half a million, whatever, I understand is enticing. But if you look, hey, that may be the case, but we can guarantee if you go through our program and you're fully into our system and you, you listen, you get coached hard here. We're going to be setting you up for life-changing money in the NFL in the future. And you can go to this place and get some half-ass coaching. And sure, you may be rolling in the dough right now, but that is not going to be life-changing. That's going to set you and your family up into the future like the NFL money can, especially being a high-round pick. Because yeah, let's so face what it, if you go to it's really hard for kids. You tear your the, knee. 
You tear your knee into three hundred into three places. And well, you never what happens tomorrow if you get hit by lightning and you don't have to shave your head and you just My die and is, you lose dude, the pole? Like, dude, anything could happen. Yeah, but listen, this culture, and you cannot disagree with me on this. I know you won't. This culture is take the money now and worry later. That's why kids don't play in bowl games. That's why kids don't do any of this stuff. They're not worried about anything else other than the money. That's why they don't play. There is no prestige anymore. There is no honor for your school anymore. It's about what can I do to get to the next level and make the most money. That's why they won't risk it. And they and these kids, dude, coming from these situations like that, they are not – they're going to take the highest paycheck. I can guarantee you, dude. I guarantee it. You're not you're not completely wrong. I do agree that this generation is different. I mean, every generation. They said that about our generation. I don't even know what they were calling us when we were growing up. But, you know, I get that. Um, that is not everyone's case. Okay. There are kids out there that still want to be coached hard that want to play at prestigious schools and that a dollar sign difference is not going to be the deciding factor. Yeah. But that pool is going to be smaller. That's pool is going to be way smaller. It it may be, but now you're going to be coming back to the fact of, Hey, one thing that we have discussed, uh, that we've noticed over the last couple of years is the type of players we're bringing in because it looks like over the last few years, we haven't really liked the amount of motivation and leadership and things that we've seen on this team. Right? So maybe this will help us change and start getting the right person back at Ohio state. One that is not worried about the dollar sign. One that wants to come because it is Ohio state because they enjoy the brand, the 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 conference are going to play in, and, and the rivalry at the end of the year. Maybe we're going to start bringing in some better players that are going to not necessarily skill wise, but better for the program and as a, and for the team as a whole. Dude, I I love where your heart is at, but I think your head needs to take over here. It's not I'm gonna. Be, it's not gonna but happen. And not everything's so black and white like you're making it out to be. Like I'm not. I'm not sitting here and saying you're wrong, but it's not that black and white, man. I know there are kids you, out there that want, want to play for Ohio kids. State. There are, but there are a lot more that want money. A lot oh, more. How, how do you know? Are you out there talking to these kids? Or are you Don't, recruiting? Because they're only allowed to have so many coaches out there. You're going to get his. We're going to have a violation. Any high school, school college, any documentary on anything on college football and high school football and all this stuff. And what's the one thing everybody talks about? Making it to the league, making it to the league to do this, to do that. Well, you know what, dude? If you can get five hundred thousand dollars on your way in. And feed your family, you're going to do it. And I'm just telling you, that's that's just the way it's going to be. Now, it's not there yet. That's my point. We're not completely in that state yet where that has to be. That's why Ohio State, I think, is still landing recruits based on the pedigree, based on the fact that, you know, they're getting something for coming here. But I'm saying if this thing doesn't get governed soon, it really is going to be the Wild Wild West. And it's going to be the highest better for everything. And you know what? They may come here and then transfer out in a year. That's another reason I don't want to pay them. There's that as well. So you 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 know so Buckeye Nation throws the five dollars in, and we get the number one recruit quarterback recruit in the country, and he comes in, doesn't like it here at Ohio State, and then he transfers out. So now what? Where's that? Now the money's wasted, and this kid's yeah. got a payday, and he might get I mean, another one. You're like anything else. I mean, it's becoming a business, and like anything else, you're going to make some good business decisions, and you're going to make some bad ones. You're going to take some wins, and you're going to take some losses. I mean, there's no avoiding that. Every school is going to take a loss at some point on a recruit that they're forking out money for. Uh, the more that you keep bringing in that have high price tags, the more divided I feel like a locker room is going to be. I don't want a locker room with a bunch of prima donnas that are sitting there comparing how many, you know, how much NIL money they're making. You know? I, yeah, but is, is this college football to you? 
Is this the heart of college football? May, maybe, maybe we're just not mentally preparing ourselves uh, ourselves for what this is really becoming. Because, I mean, this essentially is becoming the minor league. I mean, it already has been, but it does feel like a semi-pro thing now. And all this NIL stuff is just so hard to wrap my head around. And it doesn't help the fact that there is a free transfer, uh, one-time transfer in the transfer portal, an additional one when you're a graduate. Um it doesn't help that you're not holding these kids accountable with some sort of, uh, hey, this money is here if you agree to stay. I mean, maybe some of these regulations need to be written in there where, sure, the money might be at another school. But in order for that full amount to be there, there has to be some sort of contract where you are required to stay there for a certain amount of time. And if you choose not to, you still have the option to transfer, but you either have to fork over uh, whatever you haven't earned yet. And there should be a penalty of sitting out a year. So you still have the freedom if you want to move, but you should be held to a higher standard because if this is going more business oriented, then there needs to be some sort of regulation to keep it from just being, hey, I'm going to go here and make 100K. Hey, I'm going to transfer here because I'm not seeing the field right away or I feel like I can make more. That, that You know, that's the biggest thing that makes me upset is when I hear – starting players on really good teams that are definitely already going to the NFL. They're in the transfer portal, just shopping to see if another school will offer them more than what they're already getting. Yeah. Basically hitting the free agency market. And that is probably the part of it that I completely despise because most of them are probably not going to end up leaving, but hell, I mean, if you're a starting player for Ohio state, like let's say Travion Henderson, you know, I know he's injured, but Say um, he decides to enter the transfer portal just to say, that, well, maybe at Ohio State I'm making 250k, but this other school might offer me a million. And just because there's more money, like you know, I understand I'm a big dog at Ohio State, but I'd rather take more money and even leave a program I'm really good at and already know I'm going to the NFL just to make a little bit more now. Like that part pisses me off. See, but that's the thing though, you can't build a program like that. So every year that we get players in here and, and a couple of them become stars because we always get them at Ohio State. Every year there's there's some new people that that rise to the top and become stars at Ohio State. And you look forward to them in the next year. And their sophomore campaign, you're like, man, I can't wait to see what he does this year. So now every single year we have to worry about the transfer portal. Every year. And it could be anybody. Could be our starting quarterback. Could be our number one running back or number one receiver. I mean, who knows? What would you do tomorrow if Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. hit the transfer portal? And really, with the way things are, would you blame him? You know no, how much he's worth that's right the now? Thing. I don't want to have to blame him because it shouldn't be a thing. I know. I mean, I know he's not going to go anywhere. We assume he's not going anywhere. It's not like we're, we're, we've heard something. But, you know, that's something that I guess I could see happening. And if he really wanted more money, he could go somewhere else and not even have to sit out a year. And that's bullshit. See, I think he fits in the box that you're talking about. A kid that comes from a like you know a certain pedigree. He chose Ohio State. He chose uh, you know Brian Hartline for obvious reasons, um, and this is where he wants to be. And he'll go to the NFL from here. But if you get the same kind of kid, you know that comes here, and you know you didn't think was going to be a star. He doesn't have that NFL pedigree, but he comes out of the woodwork out of nowhere. He may jump into the transfer portal, like you said, and see what he can get. Why not? Yeah. If if the rules are that, then why not exploit them? But that doesn't mean I have to like it. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that I. You know, we have so much to worry about on on the side of Ohio State football every single year with injuries, with coaching changes that we're losing, with with all this stuff going on. And then you throw in the NIL and the transfer portal, dude. 
I mean, we really don't know what this team is going to be like year to year. You really don't. I don't think you're going to know what any team looks like year to year because it could change for the worst just as quickly as it could change for the better. I mean, that's the kind of the last thing I want to wrap this show up with is the transfer portal. And at least over the last handful of years, Ohio State's overall lack in using the transfer portal. I do understand we brought Justin Fields in, and this year we brought Tanner uh, McAllister in. Uh, that when we did bring Trey Sermon in, and we've brought maybe like one big transfer in a year, but a lot of these other teams are bringing multiple players in, multiple players, and especially in positions where we may still be okay, we just need to be better. I mean, we've filled some big holes, but we haven't necessarily brought in any key players that should probably start and at least fire up and make that position room more competitive. So where are you at with how Ohio State has been using the transfer portal? Because, you know, it, we might as well talk about it. It's going to be a thing for a while. I mean, until the foreseeable future when uh, when, when the NTA finally decides to make some regulations. But, you know, it's kind of one of those you need to shit or get off the pot times. Like, Ohio State is obviously starting to fall a little bit behind in NIL, but I feel like they're also falling behind in the transfer portal, and they're not jumping on top of guys that they should be. I mean, I agree to a certain extent. I think Ryan Day is trying to create a culture where he he can kind of say that to guys that he's talking to. Like, we don't need to go to the transfer portal. You know, every guy that we bring in here at Ohio State is the guy we wanted for that particular job. And, you know, we want our competition to be within those, you know, recruiting ranks and stuff like that. And I think that does bode well for the recruits that you're bringing in. Um, but at the same point in time, man, if these guys you're losing out on and other schools are jumping in this transfer portal and, and it's an upgrade for us, I'm sorry, man. The, be, the best guy's got to play at the end of the day. If there's somebody out there that can really help us, um, you know, especially defensively that we're working on right now, dude, you got to jump on top of that, man. I, I'm, I'm sorry you do. And and to me, with this team going forward, it's such a huge question mark. Um, but, it, you know, if there's a QB out there that's better than what we got in the cupboard, I think we need to explore that, too. Yeah, these are going to be some big questions, uh, some big holes we need to fill next year. I mean, obviously, we're, lo- we're going to be losing Stroud. Um, we don't know how good Kyle McCord is or Devin Brown. Uh, we know they're both five-star quarterbacks, um, but we don't know how good they are. We've not seen them. I mean, we saw Kyle McCord last year uh, as a true freshman start against uh, Akron when Stroud was resting his shoulder. Uh, but that's that. You know, it's hard to gauge that. I don't know really how consistent uh, his play is. When he's come in, he's not been bad, but he's not been asked to do a lot. So it's really hard to gauge how good that quarterback room is. There is something about being battle-tested, you know what I mean? Right. And you can look at a guy and say, he's been there, done it. You need the experience, especially with the type of schedule we're going to have next year when we go to Notre Dame, we go to Wisconsin, we go to Michigan, and we're going to be facing a tough, improved Penn State team at home. I mean, that we have a tough schedule next year. And you mean to tell me that we're going to have a first-time starter ever in college football? Uh, man, and, and on top of that, we're losing some key offensive linemen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I think we got two out of the transfer portal today. So, so with the transfer portal, we offered two players. Two two That's right, we, yeah. We offered them. They, they've not accepted. One of them was from Tulsa. And I want to say the other one's from maybe Arkansas State. I'm not sure. Uh, but we have offered two offensive tackles, which, again, is important because that's an area that we are going to be weak in next year. 
and not really sure how the backups. I mean, I think the fact that they're going out and trying to get them tells you something that it it they're tells not you as they're at least looking at it. Yeah, but I mean, it tells you something about their confidence with the the offensive line for next year. Um, I think if you hear us looking at and offering quarterbacks, that's going to tell you a lot. If you don't hear any noise about the quarterbacks, then Ryan Day and uh, Coach Keys and everyone else uh, has full faith in what we have in the locker room. Do I think we should still be out there looking just in case or trying to maybe bring in a veteran, uh, someone that has some experience, and maybe even at worst have him as a backup and serviceable in case something were to happen to a young starter? But I feel like if we don't hear any noise about a quarterback uh, at least being offered in the transfer portal, I feel like they've made up their mind. I mean, you could be right, dude. It's all a mess. I think at the end of the day, my one thought is this. I'm not against the transfer portal, and I'm not against the NIL. I am against the NIL and the transfer portal working together in this fashion. I think there needs to be some kind of rules, something governing it. That's where I'm at. I'm not against any of it. And I know maybe it sounds that way when I'm talking about it, but that's not where my head is. My head is trying to prevent what everybody's calling the wild, wild west. Because all the things that I talked about right now, if nobody touches it, are definitely a possibility. And to be honest, if I'm a guy with deep pockets or a program with deep pockets, that's where I'm headed. Like, hey, how important it is to us to win. If I'm Oregon, I'm thinking here in about two years, I'm getting ready to just buy everybody. Let's win it. You know what I mean? Like, how important is it to you? And that's kind of where I'm at. You see pro teams doing that all the time. They sell out before the trade deadline and completely try to stack their roster for a a one-year run at it. Exactly. And you know what? To some schools, you got to think about it, dude. You know, to us, I hate to sound this way, but we contend for a national title pretty much every year consistently. Or at least expect to. Alabama, every year consistently. Clemson, recently, every year consistently. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. But if you're looking at a team, I hate to keep bringing them up, maybe you're looking at a team like USC, a team like Texas, a team like Florida that maybe hasn't been there in a while. And you know what? Like a national championship in Texas or USC would be so huge for them. And all those teams have won a national championship after 2000. So it's not like, even though it feels like it's been forever ago, they've all won national titles. But in in that city, just like us, it would feel like forever. And that fan base is hungry for it, too. So imagine their donors, ones with deep pockets, what they're willing to put in to try to get the players there. Yeah. All it takes is one one, one meeting in a CD bar somewhere for someone to say, hey, let's do it, dude. Let's go, let's go get the coach we want. Let's go get the people we want. We won't be denied financially. And make a run at it, dude. And I just think there has to be something in place to prevent that. At some point, though, and I don't, we'll, we'll try to wrap this up, but at some point, uh, I think this will calm itself down a little bit. If you think, dude, all of this NIL, especially if it's more of an individual donor that's putting up big money, it's a terrible return on investment. Uh, unless you're some sort of company that is sponsoring and this person is doing, uh, you know, some advertisement and stuff for you to help you. You know, if you're just a big time booster, it's a terrible return on investment because you're not really getting anything in return and there's no guarantee the player could stay. So at some point, you know, this will settle down a little bit and you're not going to be seeing deals as big as they are unless it is for a big time player. And then I think we're getting down the line of where there's going to be some sort of contractual obligation that this player cannot leave that school or if they do, they forfeit the money. So even though we don't have any regulations by the NCAA yet, I expect 
within the next handful of years, you're going to see this sort of plateau and then work its way back down to some sort of regulation. Now, there's still there's still going to be some outliers there, and you're still going to have some people that don't give a crap about money. They have too much of it, and they can do whatever the hell they want with it, and they don't care. Um, and you're going to have that occasionally year in and year out for a random team. But overall, I do feel like it will st- start settling down a little bit. But at the end of the day, either they need the NCAA to do it, or I know a lot of people have been talking about they need some sort of college football commissioner, and they just need college football to just move completely away from the NCAA and then have, have someone else or some sort of entity govern the entire college football landscape. Yeah. Well, hey, dude, we've rambled on forever. We were going to try to keep this episode a little bit shorter and it actually went longer than usual. Well, that's because we, I don't know, the, every time we talk on the phone, I mean, I look down at my phone, it's been like an hour and a half, and I don't even oh, feel no. like it. Oh, no. I mean, we apologize, hell. It, you know, at the end of the day. I apologize <laughs> for absolutely nothing. Okay. <laughs> what are you, Conor McGregor? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to apologize to everyone for absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Let's wrap it up, dude. Tell them where they can find us. All right, guys. Uh, we'll we'll do another uh, episode next week, and then uh, that's the week before Christmas. Then our episode after that, which will be our episode right after Christmas, is going to be our game preview. Uh, we will spend the entire episode talking about matchups, about. Uh, anything we've heard, any information that we might not have heard yet leading up to that. I mean, we do already know a couple important factors. Obviously, JSN's not playing. We'll bring that up. Trey Trayvon Henderson will not be playing. We'll bring that up. But uh, really listen to our next couple episodes, especially that one right after Christmas, because that's going to be our big game preview. Uh, if you first time listener and you're still listening, we appreciate you guys listening. For all of uh, those of you that have listened before, uh, dude, it's awesome. We we love all the listeners. Our numbers have been boosting lately, and uh, that just goes to show that either you enjoy what we're talking about or there's a ton of bots out there that are getting fake listens. So either way, we appreciate it. Um, but as always, you can catch us on all major streaming services. We are on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. And please make sure you head on over to our Facebook page if you haven't done so already. Again, we will be having our poll posted up there shortly. Uh, we'll be putting our bowl pickums up there, and that's where we share a lot of our other information and stuff about our episodes. So go give us a check uh, on Facebook. And um, guys, again, cannot thank you guys enough for all the support. So until next time, go Bucks. OH.